I'm Kelly. And welcome to The Millennial Minimalist. Hi, this is Kelly, and today I'm excited to talk about the Bullet Journal Method, which is a popular productivity system that helps us organize our daily tasks, track our past accomplishments, and plan for the future. This method was developed by New York designer and author Ryder Carroll, and in his book, The Bullet Journal Method, he defines bullet journaling as a mindfulness practice that helps us take ownership over our lives. Today, I'm excited to share this tool with you because it's become the journaling system that I use to simplify my mind and live with intention. And to join me in this conversation is my good friend and mentor, Mac Whale. Mac originally introduced me to the bullet journal method, and he is one of the most high-performing individuals I know. Mac is an analyst in alternative energy and industrial technology, and he has a master's and PhD from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, and an MBA from a leading business school in Paris, France. He is also a father of three, a talented screenwriter, and a mentor to many. Mac has been bullet journaling for several years to help him maintain the focus he needs to balance his priorities and execute on the things that are most meaningful to him. In our discussion, you will learn how the bullet journal method can help you declutter your mind, manage distractions, better prioritize your tasks, and refine your responsibilities to the things that are important and add value to your life. Writer Carol says, quote, The bullet journal method is not just a system, but a practice that helps us reveal and execute on what is most meaningful to us. Mac, it's so exciting to have you here. You are so experienced with the bullet journal method. And so I thought, who better to have this conversation with? So I'm very glad to be here. Yeah. And and you brought all your bullet journals. I did. I brought, (laughs) I thought it was funny because I thought uh, when you discuss what you're doing with these journals, that it's important to look at the history and what brought you here. And so I actually went through after you asked me about it and said, I, I think I have my old journals, which would probably as a minimalist, you would look at it and go, Mac, what are you doing? I go, yes, I have stuff from the 80s. But it's meaningful <laughs> to you, right? Yes, so it works. True. The most beautiful thing about this collection that you brought is that it just shows your dedication to bullet journaling mm-hmm. and obviously showcases that it definitely adds value to your life. Absolutely, without and, question. And so like when you first pulled out your bullet journal, I don't know which one of those, but you yeah. showed me your journal last year. One, yeah. And I thought to myself, what is that? And it was over, <laughs> again, it was over a year ago and you got me really excited because I saw it as like the perfect tool to keep me organized. I was like, wow, like this is an incredible productivity system. And so I started and I talk about it all the time on the podcast. How, but however, mm-hmm. I haven't really defined it for our listeners. How would you define this journaling tool? Um, that's a good question. It is about being intentional. And I have so many things in my life that constantly call me to make demands on me that it's important to be intentional about how I respond. So it's sort of, and, and Ryder Carroll talks about that, it's this idea of intentionality so that you have a stimulus and your response is not just out of anxiety or fear or you want to please people all the time. And as a result, by being able to reflect, you're then able to choose your action so that your response is actually intentional. Right. So for to me, if you think of the spheres in your life, stimulus and your response, you want to have something in between that acts, that allows you to reflect and allows you to be intentional. So for to me, to me it's a tool for doing that. And so the elements, it looks complex when, when you talk about it or when you look first when I, I'm it sure when like I showed, calendar, right? yes, it looks on one sense like a calendar, but it's really a collection of notes in a really simple way. So if you're, I think a person that likes 
to-do lists. We'll look at it and say, oh, it's just a glorified to-do list. But someone who looks at it and says, no, they like uh, monthly planners, they'll say, oh, that's a, that's a planner with a, to- with a to-do list attached to it. Right. But I think as you use it, and you could tell me what your experience is, but as you start to use it, it becomes, it's an overall tool for mm-hmm. everything else in my life. Mm-hmm. So I still use Gmail. I have an Outlook account. Right. I have the attached, I don't really lose, use a to-do list, but I have the attached calendars. I use those. But this is the master plan for it all. So does the bullet journal basically, is it a collection of all of those tasks? Your work tasks, your personal tasks, everything that's online to also integrate into your bullet journal? It's like the dashboard that controls it. But in it, I have habit trackers, I have task trackers, which allow me to keep on track of, you know, I check my email, I check various, I, how much water have I, do I drink oh. in a day? Like, oh. you can do anything it's you want with it. It's amazing. And so, it's but amazing. that's also what scares people a little bit. Yes. They think, wow, like, it seems like such a complicated way of keeping track of all your tasks. And, but at the same time, like, minimalism is not one-dimensional, this lifestyle. Right. And same is the bullet journal. Right. One thing that I love about this method is that it acts as the template for my lifestyle. So I always say that minimalism is a lifestyle template. And it helps you put down all of your tasks and it gives you space to reflect. So for me, like I find that I have me, myself and Lauren, we have a lot of mental clutter. I think a lot of us deal with that every day. And so it's a place for me to kind of spill all my thoughts And then also go through, hey, like, what are my tasks for the day? And what are those that are least important? And what are those that I can eliminate? So it helps you kind of like see your life. It's just a you painting your picture of your life. It's amazing. Like, like, it's a piece of art and it's whatever you make of it. It can just be your list of tasks and then it will help you prioritize those tasks based Mm -hmm. on the Mm -hmm. level of urgency. Or it can be a place where you reflect and you Mm -hmm. write and Mm -hmm. you, you have meetings and you collect quotes and you can... You can draw in your bullet journal. Yeah. You can do every anything. It's interesting that when you, I, the part I like most about his book, that when he talks about the method, is the last couple chapters where he talks about all sorts of ways of how, how to take your long-term plans and break it down into something that works its way into your life in an immediate way. What do you have to do this month? Because you see this, and we've talked lots in the past about you know how short life actually is. And right. So when you have these plans... And they keep getting pushed off in the future. And I'm thinking of, of Lauren, like thinking of her desire to go and do stand up. I mean, how do you how do you how do you work that into a bullet journal? Like that would be I wouldn't even know how to start, right? But when you when you have that as a plan, you're able with this methodology, you're able to break it all down, turn it in what you do here and now, today, tomorrow, next week, four months. And as you progress through that, you not only have a means to make progress, you actually have a record. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, and that's what I don't like about digital tools in the sense that what's great is they're always there, they're always live, but they're just what it is right now. Mm-hmm. So certainly, yeah, it can help in some ways, but it doesn't for me. I don't think that's the best tool to reflect because you don't see here it was yesterday, here it is today, and these are these long-term plans that I'm supposed to work in, like in terms of reflecting. If I just have a bunch of tools or apps in my phone, I don't get the sense of progress and I don't get the sense, I don't actually have a record of this is what life was last week. 
to help me reflect on, well, what do I do? What was the, where did I fail? Or where was I disappointed? And where did I have good successes so I can high five myself, right? Like all of that, I think, needs to be, it's easier seen mm-hmm. when it's done analog because you turn the page, you start a fresh page, you're starting from somewhere, you're going somewhere else on a journey to, to, to yet somewhere where you hopefully are planning to go, right? right. So that idea of reflecting is, is a key element. And the idea, as you talked about, was the reducing the mental clutter is uh, giving a place just to write whatever mm-hmm. pops into your mind. I, I love the example he gives in, in the book about, and, and this might sound <laughs> a bit much, but he, I, thought, I think it was a great idea. He, was, he, would, he would make notes about dates. He was going on a date and he, would, he literally would make a note she showed up late. She made fun of me dressing for the date. Uh, I don't think she was really that engaged. She was on her phone the whole time. The guacamole was amazing. <laughs> and that were his, those were his notes. And you could see, well, is that weird? I don't think when what, what happens then is the relationship doesn't work out. And he's able to go through and look back. So that is afforded by the book because he's, he's just rapid logging it, gets it out of his mind. And he can reflect when he has time and purpose to reflect. Right. But he doesn't have to keep it all up in his head. And he's allowed, he's allows himself, it allows him to get it out on the page. I think that for people that like doing that or feel that they have that clutter. Yes. To me, it's just get it out. And what's great is if you have some type of assignment that you know is due at the end of the week and you find that you're stressed on Monday when it's due on Friday. Mm Mm-hmm. What you can start doing is building in time each day to work right. on that. And then you can physically cross it out. And by physically crossing mm. it out, it feels like, wow, okay, like I'm actually getting this done. Yes. Like you yeah. don't ask, oh, where's my time going? You right. know where it's going you, yeah, because exactly. it's written down. And you know where you're going to spend it. It's just like a budget with money, except it's not one you can earn any more of. It's limited. And, we, we, and I feel that as I get older, how precious it is because you can't, make any more of it and and so you this is a tool to get a handle on it mm-hmm. because you're able to see it and then when you move to that sort of next level you get tired of not you actually get like you could be fatigued with the fact that you're not making progress so it forces you to make a change and it really it really allowed me and and where i really got into the bullet journey, journaling was when when i went through a divorce I had these tools, I was sort of using them, not very well, but that made me really focused because you have a, a career to worry about, you know, older parents, children, and, and you're on your own now. So right. when you're doing all that on your own, you have to be hyper aware of how you're spending your time. And yet I didn't want to give up on health and exercise or, or dreams you may have, right, for the future. I want to write a book or I want to go on a trip or... You will not have a meaningful life if you stop pursuing the things you think are going to give it meaning. Right. So, so to me, it was, I had to take control of it. And the, just in the time where I was examining everything about my life, because the marriage had to be examined, it, just in that time, I looked at everything. It was like, everything's wide open. Because if, if, that, can be, if that can happen, then what happens is it can be... It can be so all-consuming. You're open to anything. At that, the, the, what it opens is the fact that, well, what about my job? How sh- where should I live? How should I live? 
what do I really want to do? And this was a, an amazing tool I found for for allowing me to get all that down and then manage it. In some capacity, the world is at your oyster in the in the sense where it's like, I could do anything. Yeah. But that's actually scary. Yeah, so that's, it's nice that's to have true. a template where you can actually start building out areas of your life with intention. Right, right. And so for me, for example, it gives me a place where I can design every aspect of my life and keep a record of what I'm doing in each area because I want to be on top of it, right? Mm -hmm. I want mm -hmm. to live an intentional life. And this is my this is an outlet for me in order to mm -hmm. do so because mm -hmm. it is basically my canvas. So right. I'm painting right. on this canvas exactly. every day in a direction that is fulfilling to me. Right. And if it's not fulfilling to me, I can recognize that and change yes. it because it's in front yes. of me. Yeah. And you're the one that told me the average person lives a thousand mm, months. That's right. Yeah. And it just blew my mind. And we've said that on the podcast before. And I've heard from listeners throughout social media being like, wow. That's and I remember, and that's interesting because where I saw that was at, was at the AGO and was at an art exhibit where they had these two cases with coins and I'm reading the caption and I was fairly young at the time and the coins just was, there were a thousand coins and it was like this is what what the, the idea of the exhibit was someone at the AGO once a month was was to take one of the coins and put it from one to the other and I'm looking at this thinking how many over, do I have I know in fact it was funny because I think it was on a, there was a podcast recently I was listening to just a couple of weeks ago maybe Shane Parrish and the Knowledge Project project he was interviewing someone and they were talking about some people go as far as having countdown counters. So they sit on their desk, literally the opposite of that, right? Where you're, you're basically watching, you know, you have this many days left. Or, and then the next day there's fewer. It's like, oh my goodness. I, to me, that's, you know, I don't need that. Oh, <laughs> but, no. but to me, it's this idea that time is precious. You can't get it back. When I was younger, I didn't think as much about it mm -hmm. because I, I didn't, you know, there were just too many things I was just pursuing and needed to pursue and I wanted to pursue. And I remember actually when I graduated, one of my advisors came to me. I had gone and just started the MBA and I came back to, the, to MIT to pick up some, you know, my diploma and things like that. And I met with, a, uh, with several of the professors and one of them was telling, we were having a conversation like this in the quad. And he stopped at one point, I'd kind of finished, and he was sort of smiling, and he said, Mac, you know, there comes a time in life where you have to prioritize. Eventually, you have to kind of choose some things to do, <laughs> because obviously, I was all over the map. You're doing everything. I was doing everything, right? right? Now, and I remember sitting there thinking at the time, and I was, you know, uh, late 20s, and I thought, no, <laughs> I don't want to, right? And so, I struggled with that. But then very soon after was married and had a career. And so the focus came out of necessity. Mm -hmm. um, but then as things got easier, as the career uh, flourished and the family was growing and sort of things were progressing, what happens is I then started going back to the things I really like to do, thinking, oh, I haven't played piano in a long time. I, have, I haven't boxed. I used to box all the time. I haven't done that in a while. I haven't, maybe I should do these things because I'm feeling a little more comfortable. And so I started adding them back, and then my life started getting busy again, right? It started not being, I wasn't being successful in a lot of those areas as much as I wanted to be. And so again, I remember, I remember sitting back thinking, yeah, there is something to that prioritizing things because I'm, I saw it in my day-to-day, -day, and I think he was thinking more like over the span of your life, if you want to make these accomplishments, you can't 
it's really unlikely you're going to make big accomplishments in all of these things. So I saw it in my day just thinking, I can't get through the day trying to do the various things I want to do. Right. So, so it was an interesting development as I moved through my career in marriage to, 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 to assess what I really wanted to do. And again, I think that journaling throughout all of that journey was only, it was only partially useful. Mm-hmm. And I think what you, what you talked about is important. You need to be able to see your day and look at the time you have available. And I think you, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you usually do the sort of the planning on a weekly basis. Yes. Right? So I fill out my bullet journal every Sunday evening mm-hmm. uh, for the week. And I combine my work tasks and my personal tasks now. Uh, last year, I just combined my personal tasks and podcast tasks on the, in the bullet journal and kept everything else online when it came to my full-time job. But now I combine the two. And I really like uh, it. Interesting. I really yeah. like it a lot. And then I check it every single night before bed. So oh, okay. that when I Good. wake up in the morning, I know what's coming at me oh, that nice. day. Yeah. And I check it off every single night. So I cross things off every night. Uh, so that's yeah. my method. I'm sure it's going to evolve sure. and change and everything. Like for instance, but... over the holidays, how did it change? Like were you oh. work? did you work all the way through? Because this is what I think is really interesting. I'm curious about how you used it or how it changed Absolutely. I was looking at my bullet journal thinking, wow, there is a lot of white space. (laughs) And you know what? That's that's actually a a question I have for you because Mm. sometimes, like Lauren and I especially, when we started adopting the bullet journal method and it's working for me more than it does for Lauren and and that's okay. It's, It's not for everybody. And we even spoke with Colin Wright who started minimalism and created this lifestyle. And he says that, you know, he doesn't use it, but writer Carol is a good friend of his and he respects the bullet journal method and it works for a lot of people. And I found that it works for me. And so yeah, over the holidays, I I saw that there was a lot of white space, but I I learned prior to the holidays that it's very important to create time blocks Mm. where you can just, you know, some downtime, reflect, because initially we were just packing our days. You have to put in white space that is non-negotiable. So even if somebody asks to fill that half an hour or one hour in your schedule that's free, you have to say no. Right. So it's, the bolster has also given me the, I guess, confidence mm-hmm. to the say no. The, yeah. 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 And it's definitely strengthened that. It's definitely strengthened my word with others, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to personal things. Mm-hmm. like telling my sister I'll grab something for her one day and, you know, meeting that person for coffee that's not in your work calendar, things like that. So, and it's also made me more accountable mm, for my time yeah. because I'm like, that is in my bullet journal. I yeah. need to get that yes. done. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. And I, I like the idea that you do it on Sunday because it's usually in general sort of a slower day maybe and that you've, you, ha- you can reflect after a busy weekend and you're trying to recharge and get set for the next day or next week. Um, and I was just, as you were talking, I was looking through mine, for instance, and I do a thing where I, I have, it's like a calendar combined with a task list. So it's sort of, I have the day spread across the top, but I, I rapid log below it. But you can see lots of empty space, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, intentionally left there. I have my kids this weekend, and I, one of my, it's my son's birthday on Sunday. We haven't figured out what to do. Nothing's going in there, right, until I figure out what I'm going to do. And we have some ideas, but I'm, I'm leaving it open knowing I'm going to – that's going to get filled, and it's going to be fun, but it's still up, up in the air what it will actually be, whereas these days right now are pretty packed. And our, this is a good example. Like our firm's moving – our whole office is moving from one building to another building. Oh, wow. So you can imagine how that throws everything, right? So right. We're, we have to work from home next week. But we have to start 
packing everything from our desks. Completely disruptive. Oh, absolutely. Completely not what I want to be doing. Meanwhile, I have to work still. And I still have, you know, pick up my daughter from school, my son's birthday party. Yeah. Like, like there is a lot to do, right? So that white space is essential. Like for me, a long-term plan, mm -hmm. let's say you want to write a book and you, 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 you decide to do a bunch of chapters and how you, you divide it up over time, you need to block that time in first. But so when I do that and I look at a week like this, I don't do anything because I know I'm going to be packing a bunch of stuff early in the week to free up time later in the week for, for the birthday. Right. Two unusual things, right? The move at work and my son's birthday. So for me, this helped me on Sunday to sit and reflect and say, well, how am I going to actually get through the week? I'm not giving up on exercise, right? So I put that What in. are my non-negotiables? Exactly, exactly. I'm not going to give up exercise. There's some other things that are, I can't move at work. I have partners I work with. They have schedules too. So there'll be things I don't like moving that around. So I, I put all those things in and then work everything else around it. So that's my, that's my week. So that's kind so, of how you manage the, I go back to the Eisenhower matrix, the most important, the yes. least important task, right? And I'm sure I see, I'm looking at your bullet journal now and it's a piece of art. And I, if, if you allow us, I, I'd love to take a couple of pictures of your bullet journal just sure. to get people um, excited about just the design that you follow. It's, it's a piece of art. You use pen. I do. So you must cross things out and I it do. must get messy at times. It does. And that's okay. Yes. I and mean, that's one of the things that's in the book that's interesting because what happens, and we, we, I looked at this at the end of last year, I started watching some videos just to get an idea of what people say about bullet journaling. And when you do go online, you're going to get intimidated by looking at a whole bunch of pictures of these works of art. And people, like their Instagram accounts or, or whatever, they're, they're uh, curating their bullet journal. That's not what it's for. It's to present to you an accurate prediction of what you're doing in your life so you can learn and grow and be intentional, right? It's not, a, it's not something you want to manipulate and make beautiful. If you can do it and it still looks amazing, good for you. But he actually goes through an exercise in there where he, if it's hard for you to do that, <laughs> he suggests just you start a collection. A collection where I can do anything. So go on there, write your name with the left hand. Do like, and I and I've experienced that because it is very neat, and I like the handwriting, and I like the way I do it. But he's right about giving yourself the freedom to play, and and don't constrain yourself because you're even in the act of making those decisions, you're sort of curating even what you're doing. The idea of the rapid logging is to get it out of your brain, not to contain it, not to hold it like to hold it back. Let it go. And you're going to write stuff that's noise. I, I like that you said right? that because when I initially started bullet journaling, I would look at all the mess I was creating and I'm a perfectionist <laughs> and I'm thinking, gosh, I don't like the way it's looking. I'm frustrated. And you'll see that every single month is more beautiful. That's right? interesting. Because you get the hang of it. You, you do. Get, that's true. You get an idea of how it works for you. Um, but I, I, I want to turn the conversation a little bit. I just... One of the, my favorite things about the bullet journal is that it declutters my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and not just because I take time to write down the things that stress me out. It's because I write down the things that are the most important to me. Mm -hmm. And Rydell Carroll says an amazing quote in the book, which I'll reference later. But it's basically about how if we continue on this experience every single day, we'll get closer to the things that are most important to us and those that add value to us. And it will help us 
discover the things that are at least important so yes. that we can rid them from our lives. Yes. Just like we declutter our closet. Absolutely. He calls them the bullet journal. He says the bullet journal helps us declutter and organize our mental closet. Yes. Oh, that's a, that. that's a great analogy. And that's exactly what's happening because there's a, some people that are artistic may have heard of something called the, art, the artist's way. Oh, beautiful. Which book. is really interesting, right? So yeah. the two elements of that, there's some connection actually. Like there's, and, and I did that for a while. And actually, I do still do, I actually still follow it. And I'll explain why. And it's all in here still, which is interesting. But in essence, you have two things. One is you're tapping as a creative person, you're tapping a well. And as you're tapping it, you're emptying it out. You got to refill it. So if you don't, you're going to get burned out. So it's related. You've talked about burnout and all that. It's, I think these things are all related. So to tap the well effectively, um, you want it to be refilled. So the refilling, you actually have to take yourself on a creative date. You yourself all alone. And we can, there's all sorts of things, ways you can do that. I go to the AGO a lot. I, I go to, um, and that's part of it. I go by, on my own and I do my own things. And in here, I track. It's a habit tracker. Like, and I can look at it instantly and go, I haven't done anything for me alone in a week and a half. No wonder I feel a little like, like I'm, I'm shaking yes, and I need, time. Exactly. It's exactly that. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I can see it and go, that's what's happening. Or I haven't slept a lot or I'm not exercising. I got to exercise. And it's not that this is a guilt trip. It's that it, it's keeping me on track. And so with this idea of the, the artist way, the, the date is one thing, but writing is important to write a certain number of pages every day. But the idea is that is that as you continue to write, these you are forced into reflection. You will see things will continue to come up and you'll realize, and sometimes very negative maybe, and positives as well, but it will you will eventually not want to write about certain things anymore. And it's telling you you have to end that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a relationship, a, a job, Mm-hmm. It, it's these things that block you as a creative. And I would say um, a lot of your listeners are, are, you don't need to be an artist to be a creative. And we create all the time. And I create and being an analyst even. And I know that there are lots of things that block me from being creative. And part of that are, are things that need to be dealt with. I'm not dealing with them. They're blocking my way. And where that reveals itself, I think, is in the journaling part of it which is the rapid logging, which is the on the, the weekly reflection and moving your items from your task list from one month to a new month, and you're rewriting, do my taxes again, Right. get it, it off the list. Because you don't, it's, it, that's adding mental clutter. It's standing in your way from all the things you want to do in your life, which is not paying the tax, right? right. So you have to allot time for it. And if it's, if it's a challenge, you break it up and you do a method of, of and he has a name for it, but you... You block out time in the schedule and just say, I'm going to do 30 minutes of it. And break down in each, I'm going to do gather materials. You know, do the first few steps of what I'm supposed to be doing in taxes. And so, and eventually you get through it. And the anxiety disappears and you're moving on to the things you really want to do in life. Exactly. Um, and you know what? That happens to me. It happens to me every day where I'll have thoughts that are stressing me out. And I'll say, okay, how do I solve this? Well, there's work that I can do every day. Mm-hmm. So, for example, oh, I feel fatigued. Well, I need to get to the gym. So, lately, I've been going to the gym every morning, even though I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So, I like mm-hmm. to say, get something done every day that you don't want to do. Yeah. yeah. So, you can get closer to accomplishing whatever that is. And I wanted to re- remind our listeners that 
Today, more than ever, we are bombarded by so much. Mm -hmm. Constant distraction, 24-7. And Ryder Carroll mentions that studies suggest that we have 50 to 70K thoughts per day. Wow. Which means our minds are generating enough content to produce a book every single day. Right. And that is mind-blowing yeah. to me. Yeah. And I know that this lifestyle, this minimalist lifestyle, has really helped me regain that deep focus. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that the bullet journal is a part of that, mm -hmm. part of the reason why. It goes back to Cal Newport's um, book about digital minimalism, mm. where he speaks about how we're losing our ability to focus mm -hmm. because of everything, all the distractions around us, but also because we are doing everything yeah. at the same time. We can do yes. everything, but we shouldn't be doing it at yeah. the same time. In fact, there's a lot of evidence to suggest you don't actually, you're micro, like you're, you're doing, you're doing each task. You're not actually multitasking. It takes a special part of the brain to do that. Most people don't have it. And so you're actually microtasking, which you could argue ends up with micro results. Exactly. Because right? you're not doing anything effectively. I, I find, you know, ultimately we're tool makers. We're tool users as human beings. This is a tool of our own making. I think a phone, sure, you can, you determine what you use. You determine what apps you put on it. But all of those have, most of them have secret agendas we don't even know about, right? Like they're right. feeding us things based on how we're using do what our behaviors are and yeah and and then i'm not trying to be like conspiracy theorist or anything. no <laughs> it's that they and i use a lot of it i mean i cover tech stocks they but the my my issue is it's not a tool really of my making i need to keep control of it it's just like a tool that i want to control and the bullet journal is the tool i use to do that oh i love that you said that yeah. Yeah, and I get to design it, and as, as we talked about earlier, it, it changes depending on what you need from it. So when you're on the holidays or you're on vacation, I see the difference. I stop logging a whole bunch of things when I'm on vacation or when I'm on a site visit. It changes. And, but because the fundamental structure is the same, rapid logging, monthly tasks, future log, and the way I do this, this layout with the, with the days, it may have a lot more open space. But then I, I'm into a process where I can look at that and go, oh, what am I going to do with that space? It's like having more money in your bank account and you're saying, hmm, that's interesting. What am I going to do with that? Well, you know what? I have a collection of a whole bunch of long-term plans and short-term plans and things I want to accomplish. Guess what? I can fill I can this fill in. The, it's I not the phone that. telling me, yeah. oh, did you book that flight because Air Canada has a sale on? Oh, I guess I should go on a trip. Like, what did you do? Like... I wasn't thinking of that. Something else triggered in me, oh, I should go shopping. Or my life's not good enough. I need to fill it with a vacation or something. It's someone else telling me what I ought to do. You're not reacting. Exactly. This is a great example of living with intention. Exactly. Because you're like, hey, I have full control. And I like how you described your journal as an opportunity to have full control. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about online calendars and other even analog systems mm -hmm. just like this one, they do follow... Uh, yes. framework right yeah. whereas this one it's just it's just a dotted journal right. and writer carol gives you tons of different frameworks to right. work from which then you can design around everything that makes you who you are right, right? That's, so that's right. and so that's one of the positives of this system but in addition to it a lot of my listeners will ask well wh why the bullet journal like why can't you just use an online journal mm -hmm. so how would you respond to that well when you correct me if 
this is not your experience, but when you're doing, I find that when you're doing the reflecting portion of it, I, I look in the morning at it and sometimes in the evening and then sort of on the weekend, but it sits beside me at work. And to me, it's visceral. Like I, I use fountain pen. I like the pen and I like the ink. I have, this is like Japanese paper. It's this beautiful, amazing paper that can hold, um, not bleed through because it's a fountain pen, but it's, it scratches when I write. So I hear it. It's tangible. It's visceral. It's also just me and it. So in the morning, it's usually dark and I'm, I'm sitting with a light. It's a nice light. I have coffee or tea and I'm on a, a, a it's usually my work office, my home office, which is really just a dining room table, but with all these windows. And it's just this quiet moment where I just feel that I'm with like a companion in a way, like I'm with something that that is also living and real. This is leather. This is like Japanese paper. Like it's it's nice to me. It just feels better, and I like to interact with it more because it's it's something meaningful to me. That whole experience. I just don't I just don't feel the same way about an electronic thing, which I'm going to change in two years anyway. You're also disconnecting. Right? Yes, you're offline. That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe that's partially why you feel like you're kind of alone with this journal yes. and you're not being distracted. Yes. Yes. There isn't a notification it's, coming from your exactly. journal. Exactly. It's you to hard, do what. right? It's hard to wake up with your phone going off and then oh. sitting and get like you know you're waiting for the water to boil for your coffee and of course you're going to lift the phone up and you're going to see I'm going to get notifications about press releases and wherever and you know New York Times is saying this is you know breaking news. Of course I'm going to oh breaking news. I'm going to need to know that this morning and then I'm off. But not, but I'm not off with at least my full engagement on what my priorities are today. Yes. And maybe the breaking news matters, but not before I know what my intention was that day. And then, you know, maybe I'll modify it because that's important to my work or, or yes. something. So, so to me, it's important to start the day off and even to end the day with a bit of reflection. And I just like the fact that Nothing's going to be popping out of this. Nothing's going to be inducing me to... There's not more emails popping up that I have to deal right. with. There's not a little red dot with 10 or 20 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's just, what was I... What was it, What did I set out to do? What I want to do tomorrow? What would, in a perfect world, if I could design it all, what would I? how would I do it? Well, this is how I would do it. So to me, I don't know how you put a price on that. Like that, to me, is really worth being disconnected to the to the digital tools. Absolutely. And and writer Carol mentions in his book, and I'm going to quote him here. He It's just an amazing note. He says, there's a lot more to bullet journaling than keeping lists. It's a way to examine our experience and disconnect. It's a personal space free from distraction to get to know yourself better. It forces us to go offline. I love that. Yeah, I think it's great. I think he, he touches on a lot of those issues in the book. But, but the, the other thing that I really like, unlike a lot of other things I've read about organization and, and, and even TED Talks and people talking about these ways they've got their life together and all those types of things, a lot of those are telling you what's wrong or what it looks like when it's good. The problem with a lot of them, if you really dig and listen, you come away going, but I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, what, what do I actually do? And because he, he actually comes from software development originally, 
where a whole team of developers has to be focused on a task, mm -hmm. bring this piece of software, make it public, like get it up and running commercial. That's pretty complex. Like, well, how do you do that? Well, there's whole ways of managing people to do that. And he's taken a lot of that and worked it into how you use that for the project of your life, which right. is a thing you ought to have control over and be aiming somewhere. Because your if you're not aiming, it's not going anywhere. Right. It will go to wherever it gets pulled to. And so I think he's taken, I think what he does well is say, for instance, and then he'll go, he'll spend pages on, well, if you've got a long-term project, this is how you do it. If you want to go on a trip, well, how do you do it? Well, you, you, you have to plan out a budget, like I got to save up money for the trip, or I have to decide where to go. Well, that might impact the budget. Well, sure it will. So he, he takes through, you through examples of how, how to actually be intentional with the various projects that come into your life that you want to want to do. So I appreciated that he not only presents a method, but he sort of presents a, a practice of that method, if that makes sense, like mm -hmm. with examples. So I think that's, I think that's so helpful. And, and you don't have to get, have the book. I think there's lots online that you can listen to and watch how he, how he sets oh, absolutely. things up. absolutely. Yeah, so, we're looking here at the bullet journal method. We have the physical book in front of us. But there are so many different YouTube videos you, will, you right. can watch. And there is a very simple framework that Ryder Carroll works from. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, I think it's only a two to three minute video. I'll include it in the show notes. Yeah, and you build that framework and then it's it's up to you to fill it, you know, design it however you wish. Right. And, and I think the key is, and he, he talks a lot about this, is devote a couple months to get used to it because that's it's over the course of the month when you have to do the migration so there's an we didn't really use the word migration but there's an element of the method which is called migration which yes. is what we we were referring to about rewriting the list which you would think is a waste of time but in fact is actually not a waste of time because that's where you you cancel things off but it's also like you know that thing i thought was relevant a month ago never really materialized into anything that was valuable i'm, I'm just not going to do it and so by crossing it off, you or, or, or sending it back saying, you know, this other thing, I thought I would be further along and I could do this element of this long-term plan. It's not there yet. I, I now have to do this other thing. So I'm going to move that to next month. Correct. So you're, you move them back and forth, mm -hmm. which is management. You're actively taking action on new information. So the information has come in something's delayed or something's moving faster, all good to know, what do you do about it? Mm -hmm. Well, that goes forward, this comes back, this is what I need to do this week, boom. Jeez, and this is the ultimate form, form of intention. <laughs> yes, I think so, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it adds a method, it's not telling you exactly how to do it, it's basically saying, it's, it's, it's requiring you to, to migrate the tasks in a really logical way, which is really what's coming back to the software development, because that's what you would have to do working on teams knowing that you're, what you're working on has to mesh with someone else, you have to be logical about it. And he's really logical. So right. it's like, well, if that's the case, the algorithm says, yeah. do this with this task, that with this task, repeat. And so I like that element of it that's more than just a method. It's, it's this how to do it with examples, I think is key, um, which, I, which really helped me because I think I was... I was automatically doing those anyway, but mm -hmm. I don't think I was giving it much. There wasn't much of a methodology behind it. Mm -hmm. I was sort of coping, and I didn't know that I wasn't actually coping well. Like the evidence of not the evidence of not coping well was not poor quality work. I mean, the work was amazing, 
The problem was no sleep. Yeah. Right? End of the marriage, right? You could say right. that's a big cost associated with managing because, uh, you know, because the, the job was going well or the, the parenting part of it was going well. But there well. wasn't so, balance. But there was clearly wasn't balance. Like something right. wasn't being managed correctly. Right. In order to be successful in certain areas, there was a cost. And I think I wasn't mindful mm-hmm. of the cost. And I don't think I was being intentional. I was just reacting, not responding to the things that were happening in my life. And so that distinction is key. And this tool is what is connected to that. And so to me, it's all, it's very holistic. It all makes sense and actually works. It is your ongoing mindfulness practice that is ever changing. And I love the idea that you, you migrate tasks that maybe you didn't complete this month Mm -hmm. up to, you know, more into the future. But I'm looking at your bullet journal now and I'm thinking, gosh, over the years, it seems like your bullet journal has really changed. Yes, it uh, has. Including in size. Yes. So I, I want to ask <laughs> you, how, how has this method changed over the years for you? Yeah, the early on, so the first one, <clears throat> this first one, the Moleskin book, um, I think it's like a five, it's like five by eight inches, literally has that traditional day-to-day daily log and has the month's. But rapid, this is actually one of the first ones. And at the beginning, there's just a, a, some pages of collection. Like I had a farm at the time, and I had all these tasks to do at the farm. So I had a farm collection. I had a, um, I always, always cook, I like to cook. And so I always had this turkey dinner that I always did. And I realized I should just write down all that so I don't have to redo the list every year. So I right. said, I'm putting the, 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 you know, the holiday dinner thing. And I added over time. As different things change, like I added the Christmas Eve dinner, or if I had to add something for the kids as they started to have things. And so it, it sort of is a living sort of record of that. You don't need to rewrite it. Right. I was adding to it. But so what happened was at the beginning, this is a classic spread, a monthly calendar with a lot of tasks, <laughs> and, um, and then the days. And then I started, as I started to use it, really quickly I realized there were certain things I was doing every single day. And I just thought about it a little bit. I just didn't want to rewrite my little habit trackers. Like, why am I, I, I found it was easier to keep track of how much water I had in a day. If I just, every time I had one, I just hit it. That amazes me right? that you write that down. So That's I awesome. wrote it, but it was a rotor. I was writing it not, and he talks in the book, don't waste time making collections because you just like making the collection. It has mm-hmm. to have a function. It okay. has to be useful. So what I did was eventually, within a short order, I realized there was a whole bunch of things I did every day. And so I just wrote it at the top of the page, and, and rather than making an entry, I just put a cross. And then that way, I was able to track things like exercise and, and you know, accessing my Outlook or my Gmail. I did a thing where, which is kind of interesting, people know those platforms. I would email, for instance, I have hundreds and hundreds of emails a day. So I would, I would automatically, if I'm CC'd on an email, mm-hmm. I don't see it. Oh. It automatically goes to a separate folder because the issue is if I'm being CC'd, it's not important to me. Now that was a big deal, right? Because what happens is certain people wanted me to see certain information. But the issue is I'd see it at the end of the day because I have a mark in here, check my read, I called it my read folder. So everything that was CC'd goes into a read and I'll read it once a day, right? So huge time saving. Because even if you look at the email and you kind of read it through, it sits in your inbox 
and the number of times you got other emails and you're scrolling through it, it, I know it sounds like a tiny little bit of time, but with hundreds of emails, you're looking at it again. Oh, absolutely. It's a waste of your mind share, right? So don't even see it. Now, I'll have 50 unread emails by the end of the day. And sometimes what would happen is someone at work would come by and go, why are you sending you that email? Where's that? Why aren't you responding? And I said, what email? I didn't see it. It's not in my inbox. He goes, I sent you an email. I said, did you CC me on it? He said, yes. And yeah. I said, it's over here. <laughs> and I said, but if, if it was that important, you send it to yeah, me, right? Yeah, and yeah. so the issue is that's a good example of how I set the tool up, Outlook and Gmail, to do that for me. But I but send this up to control it, saying, I'm going to control when I look at my CC'd emails. And eventually, you know what happens? People realize that. And people that I communicate all the time at work now know it. And if they want me to respond, they, they CC me or they walk over to my desk. And so what's happened is I'm in control of my time. And I'm taking control of what, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world to send an email to someone or a text. It's like, but I'm not going to respond because I'm taking control of it. And that's what, wow. that's what the tracker does, right? It's it's become like the ultimate productivity system for you. Yeah. It's your life in a book that, do you carry it around every single day as well? So I do, but if I, at, so that's a great question because some people will say, oh, but I need this, I need the phone, right? So I'm not going to walk to lunch and get a coffee with it. I have my phone. So let's say if I go and get a haircut. These are little t tips and tricks that I find. Men tend not to do this, but so, and I asked the, the hair, my, the person I go and get my haircut from, I asked her about this, but it's interesting because women tend to typically do this. They, they make the next appointment when they're paying and they finish the appointment, which make, and guys don't do that. They're like, I don't know. I'm just going to figure out when I need a haircut again. Right. So I stopped and I said, you know what? There's a way I can take that out of my to-do list, out of everything. I'm sitting there paying and I said, you know what? In three weeks, what does she have available? And we book it and I, I do put it in my calendar on my phone. Okay. So the issue is, and Ryder Carroll talks about that, in a way your phone is your future log. Some people don't have a future log in the bullet journal, but things like that, they throw in their, their uh, phone so that when you do your weekly spread or your monthly spread, mm -hmm. you just open up your thing and you've got a, it's already pre-populated by your future log. Right. So there's a good hybrid way yeah. of saying, so now when I do, when I'm out, so my haircut or things that, or I'm at, you know, Cleveland Clinic and I have rehab on my elbow or something like that, I'm paying. And then I say, well, in four weeks or whatever, I'm going to put that in. I put it right in my phone and it doesn't show up as a task. But when I do my weekly spread, I will see it in my calendar. So smart. So it's it's a way of... Interesting how you manage the two. Exactly. Yeah. And so because I, I I don't think you can get a... You you could function without the electronic mm -hmm. because I could just carry the bullet journal with me. Absolutely. But it, for me, I like just having this in my pocket and and so I can, I can do those little things which then don't take... They really don't take any more of my mind share, right? Like if I'm in a meeting at work, I don't have the bullet journal... Mm -hmm. If I think it's going to be a meeting where I have to plan a bunch of dates and things like that, I'll take it with me. Mm -hmm. But but in any case, it, to me, it's, it's again, has become very useful because I've figured out a way as I use it to not duplicate or waste time on the electronic end of it. But I haven't given it up. It's just that, again, this is my dashboard, if you will, my control module for everything else. It's incredible. Mm. I love the fact that we both use the bullet journal in a different way yeah, as well. Yeah. Like I use it as a system that I record, I basically record all of my goals and all my reflections in this 
piece of art, this analog system, and I leave it at home. I don't actually ah, carry it with okay. me. Whereas you, you actually carry it with yes. you every single day. Yeah, it sits beside me open. Oh, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'll start trying that out and so see how if it works you, for me. So, so when, you, when you schedule your week from your bullet journal, you're populating, are you populating an on, like a calendar on your phone? So like, I also have my online calendar right. for my work, okay. uh, my work tasks. And some, some, some of my personal tasks are also integrated into mm, it. Okay. But I'm actually also including that in my bullet journal. In addition to other things that wouldn't be in my calendar. Yes. So I, I use the two. And I, I know I have an idea of what I have to do. Like the most important things right. I put in my bullet journal. Like what are the most important things I need to get done? Including those urgent items when it comes to my full-time job. Right. So all the urgent stuff if it's a quick meeting or a coffee right. no i don't yeah, include that that can be on my on yeah. my calendar but this has given me an opportunity to see everything and that all my priorities also help me eliminate those that are stressing me out mm -hmm. and you know help me prioritize in a way where i can give 100% to everything mm -hmm. in my life and of course i'm imperfect so we're all imperfect right. and you know some some days i'll i'll write seven different tasks and I'll only complete 80% yeah, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And that's something that I want to remind our listeners is that once you get started, you don't have to be perfect at all of yeah. this. And that, it's a challenge. Exactly. And the key thing is just to start. Get yeah. it going just to start because inevitably it'll morph into what you need it to be if you're mindful of it. So there's, I think that is a powerful element of it, that it's constantly being updated and reflecting how you're functioning or not functioning, right? Um, I was curious too if you if you sat down like at the end of the year was there a different at the end of the month the fact that it was the end of the year as well did it change like did you do anything different or did you spend a little more time thinking about how you're going to use it as a tool or or do you do that on a different part of the year like I was wondering if this came into any of that reflection I definitely had more time to use my bullet journal mm -hmm. as as a place where I can take time to reflect more. Mm. So I definitely filled it out. I even reflected on the things that were stressing me out. Okay. And one of the things I realized when I was rereading re the book over right. the holidays, interesting enough, is that when I received this book, I didn't actually do the work that it was telling me to yeah. do before you should start bullet journal. Yeah, me too. You didn't either. Yeah, oh. I didn't. I just started doing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to do that? Yeah. So, and, and just so our listeners know, and just to just to make you feel like, oh, it's okay. It's not going to be complicated because yeah. the framework is not complicated. So before we begin bullet journaling, or before you begin bullet journaling, what you need to do is you need to reduce the number of decisions that burden you every single day. And that's what Ryder Carroll mentions in the book. He says, it helps us manage our time in a direction that is most meaningful mm -hmm. to us. So the advice he gives is, number one, he gives three things that we should do. One is write down our thoughts, okay? Because it helps us capture our thoughts so we can, you know, signal out the noise in our mental inventory. Uh, two, he says, take out one sheet of paper, divide it into three columns, and list all the things that you're working on in one of the columns. In the second column, all the things that you should be working on. And in the third column, all the things that you want to be working on. And then when it comes to number three, he says, now you will have a map of all of your choices. And you can take a step back and ask, does this matter to me? 
is this vital? What would happen if this X item didn't get done? And cross them off. Yeah, so this is an excellent exercise. I think that was amazing when I was going through that as well because I realized I started doing this because I'd already been doing this for years, but I hadn't done that. And I had, uh, which was the, the reflection part of it. And that exercise is really good because it, it's, it's asking you to be intentional about the various things that you just, for whatever reason, threw down. But what was interesting is it's not really kind of the bullet journal. It's, it's, it's a different sort of it's sheet of paper. You write it all down. And then after you do a bit of reflection on it, he says, now take that and now start your bullet journal. Exactly. Because those, are the, those function in different places in your journal. And, they, and then you can start. So I thought... As, a, as an inventory, it's just like when you talked about decluttering your closet. You take every item, you put it there, and you go, does it bring joy to my life? Yes. Or, right? or is it functional? Like, okay, I need winter boots. I hate those winter boots. Maybe that's a different choice, right? But the point is it's the same thing. How'd you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you have this inventory, and then you're now, you've now made decisions about it. You've become intentional about it. And it's amazing to me that you can, that the bullet journal is dealing with way more important things than your closet, right? But it's it's the same. The closet is so much more tangible. Your apartment, your you can you can keep expanding those. Those have real impacts on you. But if you can see that it's important to do that with your closet, it's absolutely vital to do that with all the other things you're going on in your life. It has a much bigger payoff, and then holds you to it. It holds you accountable to the things that you hold dear. It's, this, it's exactly the same thing as physically decluttering your life. It's who do I want to be and who do I want to yeah. become. Yeah. yeah. And you can write your life story. And one of, the, one of my favorite quotes from writer Carol is, leading an intentional life is not about living a perfect life. It's about keeping your actions aligned with your beliefs and penning a story that you believe in and that you can feel proud of. That's right. Yeah. I think that's exactly what I found it to be. And continue to be. In fact, it, it makes me even, notwithstanding the thousand months, and as you get closer to the end, it makes me <gasps> so more. It, it makes me more enthusiastic about facing that. Um, we've spoken in the past about a, a book called um, "The Only Way to Win," Jim Lair, and it was oh, interesting yes. because there's a whole. The, the, we were talking about custom collections, and I have a collection I've made based on sort of the principles in that book. And what's interesting about that. He talks about a lot about people at their end of their lives, like that the ones that look at their life and go, I had an amazing life. And it's not like the CEOs of companies and the people have won Wimbledon, and it's not often the people we think. You would think those guys and women, those they have it in spades. What happens very often, they're not. They're deeply unhappy and, and deeply bereft of joy or of meaning. And it's interesting because they're not chasing it's it's in the chasing of the happiness it's missing something because inevitably happiness is just a it's a mental state it's like sadness has some purpose too so if you're running your life after happiness you're unlikely to hit the mark on fulfillment or meaning we only see one version as well we think oh they have all the money in the world they must right be happy. oh for sure absolutely not and so what it turns out is that he goes and helps these people and the book talks about it to go through your life and you make an inventory of your life and you come up with an ultimate mission. This is what I want to do for life, in life. And it was interesting that he actually asked the people to come up to, to start. What's your ultimate mission? The first thing they do. And then, and very often it's like win Wimbledon. 
if you're like a tennis player. And then after working with him, the person realizes how empty that is a goal because you can't dictate that. You can practice hard, get the best coaches, yada, yada, yada. The end is someone else might be better than you. Right. It's not in your control. But, but the way this particular athlete changed it was the, the ultimate mission eventually was to put on the best display of tennis I can possibly do or that anyone could really see or whatever. It was some, so it turned the goal on its head and made it about people and connecting with people. So the reason I'm going down that road is that in the end, the intention brought meaning through connecting with people, which was ultimately about really about doing the things in life that really mattered, that gave fulfillment, and oftentimes was about really tackling difficult projects, difficult things, bringing, bringing success of some degree, a level of success, and doing it with other people and connecting over that, right. that struggle. And that struggle is what was giving life meaning. Mm-hmm. And so the physical things you, you, you know, diet, exercise, how you dress and all those things, the, the emotional elements of your life, and even the mental stuff, which is work and being creative, all those serve a certain purpose. Absolutely. But, they, but where you connect it with somebody and other people around you, that's gives when it, it really flourishes. It gives oh, it meaning. Absolutely. And so to me, it's like I can, this tool allows me not only to be productive, but it's productive in a way that's trending towards meaningful interactions with people, absolutely. meaningful with, with whether they're social, whether they're at work. Uh, whether they're with family. Yeah. And so I, I'm able to make sure the time is well spent on the things that are, that are going to give me meaning. And so to me, to be able to track that and, and to reflect on it is, is ultimately what this tool is about. What I love about this tool is that it helps me bring meaning to my every single day. Mm. So it makes me feel connected with myself. So that when I go out in the world, I can connect with people and feel confident. Mm. And, you know, but before this, before I started bullet journaling, before I started adopting the minimalist lifestyle, I felt lost. I didn't know what my ultimate passion is. So, mm. you know, I was confused and I didn't know what my, what value I had mm. to add to the world. I know I loved connecting with people and connecting people. And I realized that I really needed to start connecting with myself and mm. kind of figuring out everything that I wanted to fulfill mm-hmm. in my life so that when I'm out in the world, mm-hmm. I could be that confident self and help others. And that's become my mission. And so for those of our, those of our listeners who are always asking me, like, how is it really added value to my life? Like, it's given me meaning and it's mm-hmm. also given me a template to kind of navigate constantly navigate am I moving my life in the right direction and I'm never saying where is my time going because I know where it's going and it feels amazing like we are designing our future with this tool Mm -hmm. rather than just having to-do lists like we are creating the roadmap for our Mm -hmm. lives and here's a tool to do it it's almost I'm curious to hear like if if for whatever reason you just you couldn't do it anymore if you had to get it out of your life maybe to look at the negative element so what would you how would you how would you run your life if for whatever reason you you, yeah that's all you're not doing any more bullet journaling so go wake up tomorrow morning run your life like how I wouldn't even know what to do anymore I don't think and so some of this is automatic right like so imagine if someone just said, yeah, you can't do that anymore. 
So that would be weird. challenging. <laughs> I think that would be challenging for both yourself and, my, and, mm-hmm. and myself because we both have tons of priorities mm-hmm. on the go. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot on the go and it's hard to give everything our 100% and to remember all those things. Yeah. And to be able to have one place where we can keep everything makes it like assembles for and sure. organizes for everything. Sure. So mentally, I think it scares, it would be scary for yeah. us because we would think, oh gosh, like I know I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And then you end up giving 20% to this and 80% to something else that yeah. maybe is less important yeah. than whatever yeah. you give 20% yeah. to. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be chaos without priorities and it would be, it'd be really challenging. You'd be missing, I would. Yeah, I would not be reaching the things that I would want to reach. It just, I wouldn't, it just wouldn't get there. It's so clear to me. So, so to close, yeah. I, I could speak with you yeah. for hours on end, Mac. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, we talk about the bullet journal. We're very, like, I don't like to say busy. A lot of us are busy, but we mm-hmm. are busy with intention. There are a lot of people who maybe only have four or five things that they need to do every single mm-hmm. day. And so I'm curious, would you recommend the bullet journal for everybody or who would you recommend it to? Well, it, that's a great question. I think I can't imagine anyone that wouldn't benefit in some way because like, let's, for instance, let's say you're a person that is anxious and you, you have lots of thoughts. You're a super creative person. You have lots of ideas or always coming and maybe you're having um, lunch with a good friend that, that really brings a lot of good things out of you. And then you get back to wherever you are and you're like, I forgot it all. And you're like, those are such good ideas we had. It's like, well, that's a rapid logging um, opportunity, right? So if you're that type of person, if you do nothing else, but just I'm just using it as rapid log, but then maybe you don't translate them into tasks, but you're translating them into collections. Love it. Like, right? So, or you could be, I can imagine, I don't know, an athlete. And you say you would, you can imagine a professional athlete and your time is, you're owned by someone. Do this, do that, do this, do that. But while you're there in it, you have to think of your career, right? You have to think, what am I doing? Like, I'm serving that guy who's paying the check, right? He's paying my salary. But I would imagine there's things that you would want to track on your own progress that you would then make notes about. And so, other activities in your life. In your you life outside of the work, Exactly, right? that right. will actually make you a better right. player or whatever right. you are, right? So, And it's obvious in the professional world, I can see, because there would be like what we are, like whether you're a doctor, lawyer, engineer, but there's great examples of um, like homemakers, like parents. Stay-at-home moms. Right, that go, they have a child at school, and the child, like you should see the things that I get from the school about every one of the childs, not just, not just um, report cards and things, but there's all sorts of things you have to keep track of. And I've started making, I have a collection for each one of my kids and I have things in there that they may mention about, oh, dad, I really like this video game or something and boom, it goes in there. I remember it. I put it in there. It's out of my mind, but it's not out of my life. Like now when his birthday comes, I know I'm buying that video game. Like there's collections in there that become really useful. I can't imagine how, whether you're a parent or whether you, you could use it for one aspect of your life. You could use it for all aspects and integrate it all. You can see, like I talked early on, I, I keep the work collection separate mm-hmm. than the stuff that I'm doing creatively. So there's lots of ways. I, I just can't see where, you know, someone's maybe uh, driving a taxi cab or something. <laughs> but even there, imagine the people you would meet. Yeah. I met this guy, he said this. Oh, Great day. Uber uh, drivers right. must get the exactly. coolest stories. For sure. So to me, it's like, imagine if you're doing that. Like, again, another example rapid logging and then you're reflecting and and I think over time 
you, a, a, an artist who sketches, like a mm-hmm. sketchbook that's more than a sketchbook. Because well, they can also integrate business into it. Exactly. Because as an artist these days, you also yeah. have to have the business mind exactly. as well. Exactly, so. exactly. So to me, I would recommend it to anyone. Like, just give it a chance. Try it out. Try to adapt. And it's infinitely adaptable. Mm-hmm. And then share it. And this is what he did, right? Originally, when this person asked him, what, do you, what, what is that? And it started this whole thing. Yeah. Um, because he, he had sort of figured out what worked for his his particular life and his brain and the way he looked at information in his day. So... So to me, I think it's I think it's a great tool for anybody. And it's also a little bit vulnerable to show somebody your bullet journal. It is like it's, when you said, "Can I take a picture of it?" I was yeah, like, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, from afar, just to see the layout. But no, it's interesting because it's it's, it's definitely every little. It's it's your life on a granular level, yeah. right? So it's it is very vulnerable, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people ask, "Oh, can I see your bullet journal?" I'm like, "Yeah, like." You can see the template, uh, but once I fill it in, it's, you know, personal to my yeah, life. Yeah. And I think that uh, that's important to mention. Yeah. But I wanted to close with just a, a short little quote from writer Carol. He says, the bullet journal helps us check in with ourselves to examine our progress, our responsibilities, our circumstances, and our state of mind. It's by questioning our experience that we can harvest the best future. That's well said. And I, I, yeah. I love that because it reminds us that bullet journaling and journal writing any place of reflection is basically a quest to our inner mm-hmm. selves mm-hmm. and we need to continually check in so that we can you know live live yeah. and design our it, best lives yeah. and and as you said create meaning and ultimate yeah. ultimate fulfillment yeah. that's where Absolutely. we're going to find it for, for yourself and for everyone around you and and and, and it's something that we develop yeah. uh, it's not something that we will find it's something that we need mm-hmm. to develop for ourselves. There was a point in my life where I thought, oh, you know, this is just going to happen. And, you know, yeah. when I hit this age, this is going to happen. Yeah. No, you need to design your life. Absolutely. You need to plan your life. Nobody's looking out for you. Or somebody it's... else will do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. And then oftentimes people will look and they'll, they'll, they'll expect other people to do it. Some people are looking, I'm going to fall in love with someone and they'll fix everything. And it's like, no, no. you need to deserve to be loved, right? It's the same with employment. You deserve to be employed by that that entity, especially if it's what you're pursuing and really want. So to deserve those things, you need to be it. And this is about being. This is about, about doing those things that are important to you. You're going to be the person that is then desired by an employer, by a boyfriend or a girlfriend, by, you know what I mean? Like appreciated and, and be held grateful for being in people's lives. Like, Absolutely. And it's because you're mindful. I think it all comes from that. And people want to be around that too, right? And so to me, this is, I mean, at work was interesting. A, a couple of years ago when this was all happening with the divorce and everything, we had some issues at the firm and my CEO asked everyone to go around the table. And he said, you know, there's 60 people around the table, all partners, a very well-known firm, successful. Basically said to everybody, um, we have people around the, the, that don't need to be here today. Like, Mac doesn't need to be here. Mac, tell everybody why you come to work every day. And I'm like, you didn't tell me this beforehand. And I'm sitting there going, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. And I said, well, you know, last week I was in New York and I was with, you know, smartest people in the world with these stocks and they're asking me these questions. And I, I, I was answering the questions and I came back thinking, I'm actually really good and really knowledgeable on all this stuff. Like, this is fun. I'm good at it. And this is awesome. And, um, and he kind of said, essentially, he said, see that guy right there? That's the guy we should all want to be. 
And Aww. I was like, what? And I was just and completely surprised. But the, his issue was that I had changed my job, my internal role, and what I was covering several times over the years. I'd gone through a divorce, had, had to really go through a whole bunch of difficult things. And yet I was still there every day going, how do I do it better? How do I go through it? And I absolutely credit, I credit it to my own sense of character, but I credit a lot of the success of that from this tool. Wow. It was reading that um, the only way to win. It was doing the artist's way. It was, but that was interesting at a certain time in my life where I refocused on all that was important and the way I got through it, a really difficult time, the way I transformed that real potential that I knew I had, that I, was, that I had proven all through my life, but it had ebbed and flowed with, in terms of success, in terms of tangible output. I threw it all back. This was the tool that got me through it. It was this bullet journal. Wow, I feel like I'm going to follow your suit and I'm going to bring this with me now mm -hmm. going forward. I'm going to build up my bullet journal in a bigger way. Good. Uh, because I think that there are additional tools that you've added to this method that would really benefit my everyday. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, wow, that's, well, that's an incredible well, story. I'll share some of those the things The fact that you... <laughs> you bring that story back to your bullet journal just goes into the idea that the bullet journal is not only giving you a greater meaning and, and making you feel like you're on the right path and giving giving you intention but it's also it's also keeping you accountable yeah and the and interesting so, thing is i didn't do any of that for the express purpose of have my ceo say that in front of everybody no. i didn't do it because of I wanted everyone else's esteem. You need to do it for you. I had to do it for me. It was like stuff has to change and I have to do it for me. But what, what was the added benefit? Everyone else benefited. The salesman benefited because he brought a smart analyst to New York and, and we got business. The CEO, what did the CEO in fact actually do? He was using me as an example for other people going, get your act together. We all got to be doing this. And so what happened is I didn't identify that as a task or a goal. Mac, you know, do this or whatever. I... I, at thinking back of the book, it was about the, your ultimate mission. And part of the mission was help my partners do their job better. So it was outward. So when I looked at my work, I said, how does my work intersect with their problem? Mm -hmm. And then I thought about it not from my problem. So my problem became serving them as clients in a way inside my firm. And, and all of that reflection and then all of the subsequent planning was all... Look how it impacts the rest of your life. Exactly. Huge, right? And that is about being the person that you need to be. Though you end up... He talks about it as radiance, right? He talks about you radiate that and the radiance reflect... It, it, it's absorbed by people around you and then they go off and radiate. This is what you do with your podcast, right? It's the same... It's, it's what inspiration does to, to other people, right? So what happens is your influence, your sphere of influence grows over time as you focus, ironically, more and more on what you can influence, which is you to begin with, and the people immediately around you and the tasks immediately in mm -hmm. your sphere. And then lo and behold, over time, what happens? Things grow and your anxiety goes down yep. because the things that you were trying to control, which you couldn't before, are now actually a little bit more under you your influence you and you can them. manage them better. Yeah. So what's happening is it puts everything backwards. Like you think... You, you, you're annoyed by things that aren't going your way, but they're out of your control. Drop them. Get rid of them. That, that's wasted energy. Focus on what you can control. And then what 
what you influence, is a better word than control, what you end up influencing grows. And that's, that example I gave was exactly what was going on without my intention, which was really fascinating to me. And, and these are big ideas and big, you know, grandiose things that you say, well, I'm sure this doesn't happen. But the tool was, it did happen, and mm-hmm. this was the tool that, that got me through that. This is basically the nucleus. Yeah, yeah. And then every, if, you, if you basically nourish this part of you, everything external will recognize that and you'll yeah. recognize yeah. that in those right. situations yeah. as well. And in not in a way of a in a in a self-serving way. It's the exact opposite. It in was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Because once it it just goes back to once you better yourself, yeah. you'll become more mindful, you'll become more present because you won't have as much mental clutter. Yeah. And you'll be more interesting to people yeah. because you'll be more interested. You'll be yes. asking more questions. It's exactly those, both those words. Exactly. And then it becomes even easier to just pair away. You then start to, the people coming towards you and the opportunities that come towards you are you're choosing from multiple positive place things. It's not, it has a, it's like this ball that gets momentum and inertia behind it. And it just pulls in lots of positive, positive things. It grows. And so it gets actually easier, ironically over time. The hardest time is now <laughs> to start and then it gets, it always gets, I think it gets easier and more enjoyable. The hardest time is now. It's yeah. to start. I, I completely agree with you. Starting is a challenge, but again, it's going to be one of the most rewarding yeah, challenges that you will take on. So, so thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Always a this pleasure talking. such a great conversation. I, I, I wish it could continue. Yeah. Um, we'll have to do a part two. Yes. This is so good. Yeah. And see how your bullet journals have Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to come back. Uh, I know that one of your bullet journals is very tiny, so we'll have to take a picture <laughs> of the ever-growing right. collection on your end. But, uh, but thank you so much. Okay. Do you have any words that you'd like to share with our audience? No, I just thank you very much and good luck and... Um, and go and check out the website, and it's well worth the effort. I have nothing but positive things to say about about the method and, and about what it's done in my life anyway. So, yeah, good well, Thank luck. you for sharing all Thanks. your amazing stories today. I really, really appreciate it. And we'll have to do this again, Excellent. and I'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much, Max. Thanks, Kelly. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to learn more about bullet journaling, I highly recommend you check out our show notes to see a short video on how to begin. Plus, you will find more information about founder Ryder Carroll and a link to his amazing book, The Bullet Journal Method. And please stay tuned for our next episode set for Monday, February 24th. Mental minimalism is a big focus for us right now. And through February and March, I will be sharing conversations on the topics of anxiety and burnout. And Lauren and I will be running fun one-on-ones. And to close, if you haven't already done so, please kindly give us a kind five-star rating and review. Your reviews help us bring on more exciting guests and rise up the charts. And a big thanks to all of you who have left us a review already. It really keeps us motivated. Thanks again and speak soon.